0: This segment brought to you by Maine
1: West Animal Hospital. Dog Talk with Dave McMahon on News Talk 610 CKTB. and dogs. Happy Monday to you. Dave McMahon here from the Dave McMahon Dog Training Academy and welcome to another edition of Dog Talk. We all know how difficult it is when your dog passes away. Whether it be they pass away suddenly in their sleep or they have to be put to sleep it 's always a hard, hard thing to do and i 've done it with a few dogs where i 've had to take them to the vet and uh, and make the decision that uh, they have to go uh, they have to go today and and it 's never never easier um, you know it's it 's just so difficult because you love your dogs and uh, you know it 's like losing a child you know you have a dog that 's been with you, whether it be a short amount of time or a longer amount of time. And when they pass, you know, it, it really hurts. And the, the people that understand what I'm talking about are the people that have lost a dog before. They know how painful it is, or even a cat for that matter. Uh, it's just so difficult. I remember one time when, uh, when my Belgian Melanois Simba passed away. I was uh, quite depressed over it for about a year And uh, it was very, very hard. It took me about a year just to start feeling better emotionally. And it would just creep up on me, you know, several times a day thinking about the dog. And I still think about him. It it got a little bit easier with time. But uh, very, very, very hard when you love a dog and, and they pass away. So my first guest has been on the program before. Her name is Mary Beth Haynes. Mary Beth Haynes is the author... Of a book called "The Power of Pets," and uh, she's going to talk about the seven effective tools to heal from pet loss. Welcome back to the program, and happy new year to you, Mary Beth.
2: Hi, Dave. It is so wonderful to be back here with you all, and I'm I'm really honored to to be sharing this time with you.
1: Excellent. Well, as of late, uh, many of my clients at the Dog Obedience Academy, uh, you know, within the last year, uh, have lost uh, pets. And sometimes it's not the pet that they're currently training with me, but it's a previous pet that they had trained with me. And uh, they'll come to class a bit sad and they'll tell me that they had to let, you know, their dog go or their dog Mm -hmm. uh, passed away in its sleep or, you know, never, never easy is it?
2: It really isn't. You know, I, I heard you talk um, about Simba, and I, I heard you talk about Simba as Simba being a part of the family. And, you know, animals, that's what they are. And, and as time has come, when I was really young, animals were part of the family, but not like they are today. Does that make sense? Like animals are just, they they are so unconditional with us. They are our friends. They are our that's family right. members. That's right they do so much and so it's no wonder it's so hard um, when they die I, I think it's one of the hardest things we have to go through because of that that
1: true loving nature it sure is and I want to say that I absolutely love your book The Power of Pets and uh, we're going to be giving away this a copy of your book today when we do one of our dog trivia contests a little bit later in the program
2: wonderful yes and I I I, uh, I look forward to whoever can, can receive that book and welcome them to use it as they wish, it's like a faithful friend that will be there for you whenever you need it.
1: Perfect. And I know you have some tips you want to provide for us. Uh, is, it, is it safe to call them tips or maybe some, some advice that you want to give to, to help people cope?
2: Sure. Yeah. And either words are great. I think that you know, because there is no set, there's no set time for healing, there's no one right way that everybody should heal. We, we all need to heal in the way that's going to work best for us. So calling them tips or calling them strategies or we could even look at it as, you know, here we are with an empty toolbox. And, and you know, over the next few minutes that we have together, we can start filling that toolbox of tools that speak to us in ways that can help us as we move forward in the healing. How does that sound?
1: Yeah, no, sounds great to me. Glad you're here with us, by the way.
2: Oh, thank you. And I, I'm glad to be here, too, because, you know, even though I, I might have written this book and I might have you know this is this is the work that i do i also like to come from the perspective of i i get it i, I don't have human children my animals are my children have always been animals or reptiles um or other types of sentient beings so you know i uh, i i i'm going through this myself too so when we can unite together we can heal together
1: so on the back of your book it says <clears throat> excuse me why does the death of a pet often feel as painful as the death of a family member or friend and how does one grieve and heal from the loss of an animal companion and i know that that's what you're going to give us some insight into that
2: yes absolutely and so why don't we why don't we go through what those seven tools are that i talk about in my book and maybe that might be a good way to start and for everybody that's listening or um, everybody that, that is is wanting to be a part of this healing, you know, you, you're invited to take the tools that speak to you. Um, when we talk about these tools, they, they do follow in succession of one another, and some of them seem like they're, I mean, the, these aren't rocket science tools, they're actually easy tools, but what makes them hard is the emotions that we have behind them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So what we do in the Power of Pets book is we actually go on a journey together. So we actually start on this path, and on this path, we start taking our first step and our second step. And we find that as we continue on this path together, we come to kind of like a a fork in the path. And we notice that, oh, wait a minute, it's not going straight anymore. I, I can either go left or I can go right. Oh, but wait a minute, there's seven different paths that I can take here. And what path am I going to take? You know, healing's hard enough, and now I have to choose where I need to go here. You know, can't give me some help? So what I'd like to do is invite the opportunity to know that no matter what path you take out of these seven paths that are in front of you right now, that all paths will lead to healing.
1: Excellent, excellent.
2: So let's start with path number one, and this is tool number one or step number one under the seven effective steps. And it's called recognition. So recognition is, is when we look at how to recognize something, it's pretty simple. However, when it comes to grieving a loss, we forget this step. We forget that we need to heal. The recognition of healing needing to be taking place. So if, if your dog has passed away, and you're trying to keep up with work and, you know, next week's appointments and tomorrow's meetings and taking the kids to soccer and all the things that you need to do, a lot of times we forget to even recognize that we, we need this time. We need this time for healing. Right. So this first path is to recognize that it's okay. It's okay to grieve, and it's okay to give room for that in your life. And that would be the very, very first step.
1: Right. We just can't push it aside. We've got to recognize.
2: That's right. Because the more we push it aside, the more it comes back to us in other ways. And it will keep coming back to us until we stare it, you know, kind of right in the face and say, okay, I I have to allow this time. This time is very important for what I'm needing right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then moving on to to the second effective tool and this is permission. So we I talked about, you know, taking the kids to soccer and, you know, showing up for work every day or running a business and all the things that we need to do in this fast paced society, we can very much get stuck in the hustle and bustle of life, I like to call it. And therefore also sometimes society will dictate whether we should be grieving or not. Sometimes we talk to people and we get complete understanding. And sometimes we talk to people and we get answers of, well, why don't you just get another animal? Or, you know, shouldn't you kind of be over this by now? Like, you know, those types of things. And I'm sure those people mean well, but I don't quite think they understand the love that a pet can can share. You know, Dave, you said that it got easier with time with Simba. But it took you a year to start feeling oh, better.
1: Yeah. It took me a year to feel better psychologically. Uh, you know, um, I would say at least a year. It was yeah. just awful. It was like yeah. a heavy, heavy blanket on me.
2: Yes, yes, and and that's exactly. I, I totally hear you when you when you use those words about a heavy blanket, and that's how it feels. It's very, very heavy. Um, and by, by giving yourself the permission, regardless of what, what society says you should or shouldn't be doing, um, is really important because when you, you, you follow that act of self permission, it actually supports you on your journey and it, and it allows you to take that next step forward. Yes. So just with those first two, with recognizing something that you can say is, I recognize that I need to heal. And with the permission, I give myself permission to heal. Right. Moving forward, because um, I know I know we have only a certain amount of time together, so let me know if you need me to speed up or, or whatever. Yeah.
1: No, it's good. Um, it's good to hear okay. the next step.
2: Perfect. So the next step is learning, and it's a journey of understanding. And a lot of times we have emotions that are coming up. Dave, you mentioned about that heavy blanket. You mentioned about how, you know, even though it took a year, you know, sometimes you'd be okay, but then it would creep up on you again. And, you know, those are all things that we might not fully understand. Like, why is this coming up again? I thought that I got past this kind of thing. And so learning why and learning the stages of grief is really important. And so something that can be said here is I am open to learning about my unique and personal grieving process. And then if we move to the fourth, the uh, fourth tool, we'd be looking at receiving guidance. So remember, we're filling our toolbox um, tonight on this show. And so the tools by receiving guidance and by learning all of this, uh, the things that you can do to honor your journey in healing and also the memory of your past, Um, the reminder to take care of yourself during this healing process, and things that you can do to honor your pet. Um, These are things that you can receive guidance on and learn about to place inside the toolbox. And so with receiving guidance, what we could say is I embrace tools of personal empowerment. I'm sorry, I receive personal guidance so that I may heal. And then we can say, I embrace tools of personal empowerment for my healing journey.
1: Excellent. Uh, All right. I do yeah. want you to uh, to stay on the line. We're going okay. to be taking a short break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Mary Beth Haynes. Uh, she is the author of a book called The Power of Pets. And she is talking with us now about the seven effective tools to heal from pet loss. If you've ever lost a, a dog or a cat, uh, they've passed away, and you've had a real strong emotional attachment to that animal, you'll want to. Uh, Continue listening to us here on the Dog Talk Radio Show. We're going to uh, give you a little info regarding a contest. It'll be your chance to win a copy of Mary Beth Haynes' book called The Power of Pets. So you'll receive a copy of The Power of Pets hardback book along with some coffee. That's right. You can enjoy some coffee from the Black Rifle coffee company check it out black rifle coffee this company is owned by war veterans it's wonderful coffee i absolutely love it in addition to that in the prize package you will receive some mushers secret this is a paw protector ointment for the pads of your dog's feet to protect the pads of your dog's feet you receive all three prizes if you get the right answer. Question. What is the name of the vein inside the dog's toenail? There is a vein inside a dog's toenail. What is the name of the vein? Uh, people struggle with this one. We asked this question uh, about a year ago, and uh, we got some funny answers. 905-688-2582. 905-66... Or sorry, 905 905- That number again, 905-688-2582. You'll win a copy of Mary Beth Haynes' book called The Power of Pets, plus the coffee from Black Rifle Coffee and the excellent Mushers Secret Paw Protector Ointment. What is the name of the vein inside the dog's toenail? 905-688-2582. Get it
0: back.
2: Dave McMahon, News Talk 610
0: CKTV. From the Chippewa home the lake The lake it is
1: said never gives up for a when the skies of November turn gloomy. With the Welcome back to the Dog Talk Radio Show, everyone. I'm Dave McMahon. And with me on tonight's show is Mary Beth Haynes. She is the author of a book called The Power of Pets, Seven Effective Tools to Heal from Pet Loss. We all know if we've lost a pet, we all know how difficult it is with the grieving process when you lose a pet that you love. It is not easy. Mary Beth Haynes has taken us through the seven Effective tools to heal from pet loss, and we'll continue our conversation with Mary Beth in just one minute. We are doing a contest. It's your chance as the listener to win a copy of Mary Beth Haynes' book called The Power of Pets. And the question, what is the name of the vein inside of a dog's toenail? I never said these would be uh difficult questions. I mean if you're a dog savvy person, You might chuckle and go, Dave, come up with better questions than that. But anyway, it's 905-688-2582. You'll win the copy of Mary Beth Haynes' book, The Power of Pets. Plus, you'll win some Black Rifle coffee to enjoy some nice coffee. And you'll win some Paw protector ointment that's right paw protector ointment from musher's secret which is a hundred percent all natural paw protector ointment let's go to james james is on the phone hey james welcome to dog talk
0: how you doing dave we actually brought brought our dog uh to your program and uh we're we're grateful that we did because she's a, a much better dog than uh, she probably would have been if we hadn't seen you. So I just wanted to say a quick thank you to that. You well, know. thank you,
1: James. I appreciate you saying that, and uh, thank no you for calling in on the program today. How long ago was it that you brought your dog for training? Uh, I think I guess it was about six months, eight months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. You... Yeah. Excellent. Definitely a better dog because of uh, you and your your staff there, so thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay, so what do you call the vein inside the dog's toenail, James? The quick. You got it. It's called the quick. So congratulations, James. You won the copy of Mary Beth Haynes' book called The Power of Pets, plus you won the Black Rifle Coffee, which is coffee owned by War Vets and it's a great, great coffee. And you get the paw protector ointment. Stay on the line. Our producer, Greg, is going to explain where you're going to pick up your prize. Will do. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Take care, James. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. All right, back to Mary Beth Haynes, the author of The Power of Pets. Hi, Mary Beth. Hey, Dave. Great to be back. Yes. Now, um... Did we did we go into tip number five? So we finished
2: up there because we went. We were talking about um, receiving guidance, and yes. then we were we. What I did was I kind of combined the two into one, <laughs> yes, um, just because of time. So receiving guidance and then five personal empowerment, which brings us to number six, and six is actually taking action because a lot of times we we don't know what to do next because of the myriad of things that are going on and the emotions and the stresses. And so a lot of times when we actually say, you know, why? what's one thing that I can do today to move forward in this? It's a a valuable, valuable tool. If I didn't, you know, phone in tonight, I wouldn't be able to, Uh, be a part of your wonderful show. I needed to take action in order to do that. So I use that same analogy in healing. So in order for me to be able to move to the next stage of healing or to to kind of move through that process, I need to actively do something in that mourn. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, completely.
2: Yeah, and so what we could say for that step is I take steps of action so I may actively mourn. It's actively mourning. Grieving is what we do inside. It's the feelings, it's the emotions, it's how we feel inside. But the mourning aspect is is equally as important as grieving because mourning is our active steps
1: for healing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Important, important information you're sharing.
2: Thank you, and and you know what? It's something that I've done myself personally, so um, and and it's it, I found it very uh, very helpful. So I hope everybody else is finding that too.
1: Tain a copy of your book to uh, to really really get, uh, you know, into it to, d- to dive deep into it. And-
2: give us many things: companionship, friendship, unconditional love, laughter, the feeling of being needed, and all these are gifts. And when we realize the many gifts we've shared and received, knowing that these will always remain with us can bring us comfort as we heal. So even though your animal companion is no longer here in the physical sense, your connection to them remains always. And it's a wonderful gift that will stay with you to guide you and support you with a loving embrace and perhaps can bring your awareness to a deeper appreciation in thanking your loving pet for the many gifts he or she shared with you.
1: Very nice, and so true.
2: Yes, it's it's something that is near and dear to my heart. And when I even read this out loud, and I've read this many times, it just even brings more healing forward as well.
1: Can you please let our listeners know how they can get a copy of your book called The Power of Pets, Seven Effective Tools to Heal from Pet Loss? Absolutely. They are welcome. Everybody is welcome to
2: go to Power of Pets. 365.com. So Powers Pets and then the number 365.com and you'll find it under the book section. And then you will also find under the service section the information on the free uh, it's a five week pet loss support program and it's free. Um, it's it's my gift to the community and anybody is welcome to sign up and be a part of that.
1: That's excellent. Can you give that out one more time, please?
2: Yes. So it's powerofpets365.com, and with the free five-week pet loss support program, just look under the services tab, and you will find it there.
1: Awesome. I really appreciate you doing this.
2: Oh, Dave, it's so great to be on your show. I thank you for the love that you give um, every week on your show, and thank you for the um, invitation to be able to unite together in this healing journey.
1: Excellent. You have yourself a doggone good night.
2: Thank you so much. And the same to you. Bye, everybody.
1: Thank you very much. That was Mary Beth Haynes, everyone. She is the author of a book called The Power of Pets, Seven Effective Tools to Heal from Pet Loss. Seven Effective Tools to Heal from Pet Loss. Uh, she shared some good advice. Uh, not easy when you lose a pet. Uh, we'll launch our second contest uh, in the next half hour, which will be great. Uh, we're looking forward to, uh, to continuing our dog Dog Talk radio show right up until 8 p.m. And we'll take a short break. We'll come back with more dog talk right after this. This segment brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center.
0: Let me slip away, slip away on you. Dog
1: Talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTB.
0: Always seem to know when it's time to go. Rainy day people don't talk, they just listen till
1: they've heard it all. Rainy day lovers don't lie when they tell you. Welcome back to Dog Talk. Glad you're spending some time with us right now, live to air. And uh, my next guest is a veterinarian, and his name is Dr. Philip Scott. He's from Winnipeg. He is the author of The Accidental Veterinarian, Tales from a Pet Practice. Good evening, Dr. Scott. Good evening. Hi there. Yes. Good to have you on the Dog Talk radio show. (laughs) How are things going with you?
0: They're going very well, thank you.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. I got to tell you that I love your book. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Absolutely love your book. Uh, And there was something that that really caught my eye in the book, and that was when you were talking about the one chapter Be Kind. To your veterinarian right okay everything that you put in that section i would love to have you voice that to my dedicated listeners this evening i think it's important to uh for them to hear it i think it'll be an eye-opener for them i think it'll be a learning experience for them i think that sometimes people don't stop and really think before they speak
0: Yeah, uh, Yeah, you know, we're all in our own little bubbles, right? So it's hard sometimes to know what's going on on the other side of the table.
1: That's right. And um, it's a very stressful job being a veterinarian, I can imagine. It's very rewarding. It can be uh, very stressful. I'm sure there's a lot of pressure. Both
0: of those. Every day it's both of those.
1: Good Lord. It's got to be. It seems to be a very high suicide rate with veterinarians and dentists as well, I'm noticing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know people are often really shocked to hear that, how high the suicide rate is for veterinarians, because people assume that it is such a rewarding career, which it is, but people people often don't think about the stressful aspects of it. Some of that you, as a client, are not involved with, can't do anything about, it's just inherent with the nature of the job. But this one chapter in the book is the be kind part, the things that you maybe you can do to to help your veterinarian, and then if you help your veterinarian, your veterinarian can help you more as well, and obviously your pet.
1: That's right. Now, I've got the book in front of me, and if you would be so kind to take us through uh, Be Kind to Your Veterinarian, that chapter, and if we could talk about all seven. um, For sure. If we could go into the first one, please.
0: Yeah, so I'll read it out, and then we can talk about each. So I've got this list of seven things, kind of rank from the silliest to the most serious. So the first one is, please do not talk to me while I'm using the stethoscope. It is a listening device. I cannot listen to two things at once and make reasonable sense of either. One plus one equals zero, in this case. For the play-along-at-home version, try following what your friend is quietly saying on the telephone while your toddler simultaneously tries to tell you a story about a problem in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is...
1: Yeah, it yeah it's everything. true. And
0: it's funny, since the book has come out... I get people now, you know, they start to talk, and then I see the the, the spouse uh, nudging them in the ribs quick. No, 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 no! he's listening. <laughs> and I feel bad, right, because they're just trying to, they're being either friendly, or just chatty, or they're trying to give me some, some information. But, yeah, seriously, when I've got those things in my ears, I am actually trying to listen to the heart. And I can't do those two things at the same time, not effectively anyway.
1: People need to be mindful and they need to keep their mouth shut. When you've got the stethoscope in your ears, you are doing an important job and that is tending to their animal and they need to zip it and let you do your job. That is an excellent one. Uh, Take us through number two, please.
0: So number two, please do not take personal offense if I tell you that your pet is overweight. A client once threatened to punch one of my partners for saying this. It is merely a statement of objectively measurable fact. I am not judging you. I have a volleyball shaped cat. I get it. I mean it happens. that pets get fat despite our best intents and so on. It's no it's not a judgment on you, but it is a you know, it's a medical issue that I can measure, and we need to talk about it and not stick our heads in the sand like ostriches, right?
1: (laughs) That's a good point. I mean, often people already know that their dog is a lard-ass, but as a doctor, this is your responsibility, is it not, to point it out to the people, uh, because there's so many complications with obesity.
0: Exactly, and it's also um, something that's actionable. It's not just, oh, this is a terrible thing, let's move on. No, it's Yep, yeah, you know you're four pounds, five pounds too much on your beagle, and this is what you can do um, to try and improve things.
1: When my and doctor tells me time I'm time. overweight, I don't, I don't want to punch him in the nose. <laughs> I know it's there the
0: is. truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but some people seriously are offended. Um, you know, that it speaks to the emotional attachment we have to our animals. So it comes from probably a good place, I guess, but it, that's taken to an extreme, particularly the stuff that wanted to wanted to punch Bob, my partner. So. <laughs> Jesus. They feel insulted.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is important that people really listen to what you have to say right now, because uh, I think re- having respect for the vet is so important.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's not... I think we're past the days of you know, the doctor is on a pedestal. It's not about that kind of respect. It's just about the um, knowing that you are you're paying good money, serious good money good point. for for your for advice regarding your pet's health. It behooves you maybe to listen so, and pay attention to that advice.
1: That's right. What's your next uh,
0: next now, number three? This is a common one. Please avoid introducing multiple chronic medical concerns in an appointment you have booked for a simple check year, just as an example. My schedule is generally full and the receptionist has booked enough time for you for what she understands the visit to be about. Normally I'm delighted to discuss the multiple chronic medical concerns, but we do need warning at the time of booking so that enough time is set aside. The domino effect of falling behind because of this can turn a pleasant day. Sunshine, bunnies, roses into a hellish simulation of a combat zone. Darkness, terror, chaos. It's true. Yes. I mean, you get, I get maybe max 20 minutes for something like a check year. And um, sometimes it's a breeze, but sometimes use the whole 20 minutes. And then if you start on, oh, and I also wanted to talk to you about the fact that he's, you know, peeing on the carpet And there's this cough, and what do you think about this patch on the skin? I feel bad because I'm there for you, right? I want to help help you, but if I try to help you with those things, I going to start running 20 minutes further behind, and there's a whole waiting room full of people. So it's not even kindness to me, it's kindness to your fellow pet owners that you don't want them waiting and waiting out there. So just be accurate when you talk to the receptors what you want to talk to the doctor about so they get some idea of how much time to set aside.
1: Good point. And the next one is
0: Yeah, on to number four. So this happens a lot too. Please do not show up at random hoping to catch me in quotes when I have a minute to ask me some questions. <laughs> I never have a minute that's not scheduled. See above. And I'm too polite to tell you that. So I will squeeze this conversation in and fall behind in my appointment schedule. See above again. Please make an appointment, leave a phone message or email if you have a non urgent question. And again I get it like you've in the neighborhood, just pop in, you know. We try to be friendly people, so when you're friendly, you give the, you know, and want to be friendly and approachable. But again, the reality is we're governed by the, by that schedule, you know, that darn schedule. I know from minute to minute. You ask me, what are you doing at 4.39 tomorrow afternoon? I can tell you exactly what
1: I'm doing at 4.39 tomorrow
0: afternoon. I mean, it's it's like a military operation, and so things like that can really derail it. Um,
1: You got it. You got it. (laughs) Listen, we're going to take a short little break, and we're going to come back and continue our excellent conversation with uh, Dr. Philip Scott. He's from uh, Winnipeg, and he's a veterinarian, and he's the author of a book that I have in my hand called the accidental veterinarian and uh, we'll come back right after this freedom just another word for this segment brought to you by Niagara
2: Canine Conditioning Center
0: worth nothing but it's free feeling good was easy Lord when Bobby sang the blues feeling good was good enough Good enough for me and Bobby McGee. Where Niagara comes to talk. News Talk
2: 610.
1: CKTB.
0: This segment brought to you by Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital.
1: Land, through the Dog Talk with horseman, Dave McMahon on News Talk 610 together, CKTV. Passing, who can the brave young horseman be? He is wild, but he is mellow. He is strong, but he is weak. Welcome back to Dog Talk, everyone. Uh, We're going to be uh, continuing our conversation with Dr. Philip Scott, who is a doctor, veterinary of medicine from Winnipeg. And he is the author of The Accidental Veterinarian. And he is talking with us about things that we should really keep in mind when we take our pet to the vets for an appointment for an exam we've got to keep some things in mind but we are doing a bit of a contest now it'll be your chance to win a copy of dr philip scott's book once again called the accidental veterinarian so you'll win a copy of this book as well as some black rifle coffee check out the website blackriflecoffee.ca and you'll win some paw protector ointment from musher's Secret. And here is your skill testing question. Does a border collie have hair or fur? I repeat, does a border collie have hair or fur? 905 688 2582. 905 688 2582. Does a border collie have hair or fur? Dr. Scott, are you there? I am there. Yes, I am. Good. I appreciate your, your patience. Boy, do you ever need a lot of patience when you're working with the general public as you have yeah, already learned long do. ago? Yeah. So, we're talking about things to keep in mind when we go to the vets. So, yeah, let's we're on continue. have
0: a seven here. Yeah.
1: All right, number five.
0: Number five. So, please do not ask me why I can't figure out what's wrong with your pet. Moments after you've declined most of the tests I've recommended. <laughs> yeah, for honestly, Every really? set of symptoms and physical exam findings, there are dozens of possible causes. My crystal ball is broken today. In fact, it is broken every day, and I see little chance of it being fixed anytime soon. Again, this is another one where I feel bad for people. That you know, from their perspective, it's legitimate for them to be concerned that we haven't figured things out. Because I think there's a sense that it is just pattern recognition, that it's just, you know, a certain set of symptoms that must be a certain disease. But, boy, it's just so, so complicated. And, you know, we'll do our best if you're short on funds and you can only do a couple of tests. But, you know, the more, <laughs> depending on the condition, the more that we can do, the more we can um, help your pet. That's right. Yeah. Number six, this is a super common one. This, I know human doctors are really frustrated by this as well. So please do not confuse anecdotes with statistics. Basing decisions about your pet's health based on anecdotes would be like me taking up heavy drinking and smoking because my grandfather drank an entire bottle of wine by himself every day and smoked steadily and lived in great health to 93 years of age. And this is actually a true story. So when I say, in quotes, vaccinations are proven to be very effective at preventing disease, a statistic, do not reply with, quote, our farm dogs never had shots and they got pretty old. This is (laughs) an anecdote. Statistics get a bad rep when they're used to mislead, but without them, we'd still be chanting and sacrificing chickens whenever anything went wrong. You do have to trust the science. (laughs) Science is based on statistics. (laughs) Doesn't get it right 100% of the time, but sure gets it right more often than just relying on anecdotes does.
1: Good point.
0: And then the final one here, and this is the super sad one, But it's the truth. Please do not bring me your pet when you've already made up your mind to euthanize and tell me that you have, in quotes, tried everything when what you've actually done is, in quotes, tried everything you and your neighbor whose daughter used to work at a kennel could think of and everything on the first page of Google Hits, end quote. Maybe I could have helped if you'd contacted me much earlier before things went this far, or maybe not. We'll never know now, will we? And this makes me very sad who wants to be sad so you know, i don't know why i think people are avoiding bad news like that's uh, some of it so again i feel bad for them because they don't come in soon enough because they're worried about what i'm going to tell them that might be bad news but you know we have that obligation to the, the animals to do the best for them Man, that's not waiting until that, that you know things are really too late
1: that's right. That's right. I want to really thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule for joining us mm-hmm. on the Dog Talk Radio show this evening. How can our listeners reach you for questions? And how can they uh, purchase a copy of your book, The Accidental Veterinarian?
0: So, yeah, the book is it's widely available. I don't know the local bookstores in your area may have it, um, certainly, chapters online and, and definitely Amazon online. It's also available as an audio book. As far as contacting me, yeah, probably best way is just just Google my name and it'll come up, Birchwood Animal Hospital, where I work in Winnipeg, and it'll um, lead to an email address, etc.
1: Thank you very much, Dr. Scott, uh, for sharing uh, this information with us, and you have yourself a doggone great night.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Have
1: a good night. Thank you so much. That was Dr. Philip Scott from Winnipeg, a veterinarian and author of The Accidental Veterinarian. You gotta get a copy of this book. In fact, we are giving away a free copy of the book right now because we're doing a contest. Skill testing question, does a border collie have hair or fur? So quick education and in hair and fur. So hair will keep growing and growing and growing, and it's going to require a haircut. Certain breeds of dogs have hair. Certain breeds of dogs have fur. Some have longer fur than others. But fur doesn't require a haircut. So the difference between hair and fur Remember, fur doesn't require a haircut and fur reaches a certain length and then it stops growing. That's it. If you have a breed of dog with fur, it's going to reach a certain length and that's it. It's just going to stop growing. Does a Border Collie have hair or fur? You get the right answer. You win a free bag of Black Rifle coffee. You win some Paw Protector ointment compliments of musher's secret and you will win a copy of dr philip scott's book called the accidental veterinarian 905-688-2582 905-688-2582 you need to call now and let me know if border collies have hair or fur who wants to take a guess That's 905-688-2582. Some of you might be thinking about training your dog with me. If you are, I want to let you know that I have some upcoming Dog Obedience classes. I have a class starting Wednesday, February 5th. That's this Wednesday, February the 5th at 8 p.m. And I have another course starting on Tuesday, February the 18th. Also at 8 p.m. We have another program starting Saturday, February 22nd at 12.30 p.m. And this is at my Dog Training Academy, Dave McMahon's Dog Training Academy in Niagara Falls, Ontario. The website for the Dave McMahon Dog Academy is DaveMcMahon.ca. So that's Dave. M-C-M-A-H-O-N dot C-A. All my contact information is there. My email, my phone number, my address. And also, check out my Facebook business page called Dave McMahon's Dog Training Academy. Let's go to Joanne in Beamsville. Hi, Joanne. Welcome to Dog Talk. Hello. How How are you? I'm good. Good. Okay, do border collies have hair or fur? Well,
2: I'm gonna say they have fur.
1: That's right. Border Collies have fur. Congratulations, Joanne from Beamsville. You won a copy of The Accidental Veterinarian, a book written by Dr. Philip Scott, who is a doctor, veterinary of medicine in Winnipeg, and what a great book it is. Plus, you won the Black Rifle Coffee, and you won the Paw Protector Ointment Compliments of Mushers Secret. Are you first-time listener, first-time caller of the Dog Talk radio show? I am. Right on. Well, I hope you'll listen every week. We broadcast live to air every Monday night at 5 after 7. That's great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Stay on the line. And our producer, Greg, is going to explain how you're going to pick up your prizes. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Congratulations once again, Joanne. You have yourself a doggone great night. I want all of you to go and hug your dog. Go give your dog a big hug. Thank you for listening. Good night. Long before the white man and long before the wheel.